Esther. Travis. Oh, 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 wait a minute. It's kind of like what you see when you walk into that open house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic, what not to do at an open yeah. house. <laughs> As I say, what's the most egregious thing you've seen going... What's the most egregious thing you've seen an agent doing going into an open house? I just showed you one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Paying attention to their telephone and not paying attention to the people as they're coming in. Um, watching TV. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I see that. I see that often. Um, and it's and it's crazy. It's not just uh, are they watching TV. It's it's literally you walk into the house and it's it's cell phone like this doing this television is on watching the tv them sitting on the couch never even getting up and acknowledging acknowledging you and just you know a simple you know come in take a look or whatever and and the, they're done and i look at that and I'm like oh you're kidding me on this why spend your time there right if that's how you're going to spend it exactly it, it just you're defeating the whole purpose exactly i guess you're placating a seller mm -hmm. and you're kind of you know, uh, having a little tantrum over it. Right. Well, come on, you know, this is an opportunity. Absolutely. If not, give it to somebody else to do Right. It. Sheesh. So, you know, no signs. Okay, I was, just, <laughs> I was thinking no signs, and then I thought uh, closed front door. Mm-hmm. I always tell my sellers, or I always told my sellers, I'm like, look, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but this is going to help us with the sale. Right. I'm keeping your front door open and the air conditioning on. Correct. And there'll be flies when you get back home. Exactly. exactly. You know, it's just, it's part of, the, it's part of the deal. We'll work on it and we'll try to get them out after we're finished. But that is just part of the deal is, is this is how we run a successful open house. And at, at the end of the day, you know, we always talk about that first impression. And the first impression of the home, we talk to the to the homeowners of these are the things we want to do, whether we're decluttering, staging, you know, fresh coat of paint, new flooring and things like mm -hmm. that. And then we muck the whole thing up by not being presentable ourselves when we actually get there and, and not taking care of business when we hold that open house. Yeah. yeah. So. And then there is not that the house just doesn't show well. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's going to be that, you know, whatever poor bedding, bad furniture, crooked pictures, whatever. But no, when like the people in the house obviously were in a rush to get out of there. Right. And you go in to view it, the agent's sitting there mm -hmm. and you like go in the bathroom and there's like a wet towel on the floor right. or it's like a little steamy <laughs> yep. or it's just nasty. I'm like, you know, it's, it takes me back to the movie American Beauty mm -hmm. when Annette Benning is going to the open house and she's washing the windows and doing all those things. Right. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of reality to that. It, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be washing the windows and scrubbing the kitchen, but it could be, boy, I should really put these dishes in the dishwasher Washer. and just close it. Right. And then rinse out the sink real mm -hmm. quick. I should... Maybe put some gloves on first, but I'll open up these cabinets and throw all these clothes and the towel that are sitting on the floor right, in the cabinet right. so it's not just sitting there and being terrible, you know? Well, let me ask you this question. When you were doing open houses, did you have an open house kit in your car? And what I mean by kit is extra trash bags, rags, things of that nature. Never did, and now you're making me embarrassed that I didn't. <laughs> okay. I had an open house kit for showing open houses, okay. right? So I always had a measuring tape because mm -hmm. my clients were always asking for a measuring tape. Right. I had a flashlight mm -hmm. in case the lights weren't on or if it was a little bit later. And I can't remember what else was in there. But You're I had dating yourself now because all yeah. those things are on your phone now. Yeah, true. <laughs> that, 
I remember when I went to get my first cell phone, my dad's like, you don't need a cell phone. Don't, don't waste your time and money on that. Right. I'm like, oh, wow. But I, I had a kit, and, and actually to this day, because every, every now and then I still do an open house, but before there's – I've got cleaning supplies in there. I've got extra rags. I've got trash bags. That's so smart. I, yeah. Um, we always run into laminate floors or, or um, hard surface floors now. So that you get a does, Swiffer in your car? I do. I do. Wow. So I <laughs> I go in there prepped and ready and making sure that this house. It, here's where I think a lot of agents are are missing missing the boat. That open house is also a reflection on you. If this is especially if this is your geographic farming area and this yes. is a, an area that you're currently marketing in, that's a reflection on you as well of who you are and what product you're bringing out mm-hmm. there and that next door neighbor that's coming through that's thinking about selling their property in the future looks at at what you've done there and they're judging. Yeah, I mean, we used to call them looky-loos, mm-hmm. and they're actually should be called opportunities. Yep. And yeah, they're interviewing you. Absolutely. Yeah, they're saying hi and they're pretending to look at the house, but they're going, "Boy, if we hired him or her, uh, what's it going to look like at our house?" Exactly. Exactly. So we talked a lot about what we see. Um, a couple of other things. Odor. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Candles. Yeah, yeah, they the have the old trick: a cinnamon <laughs> on a baking sheet in the oven. Right, boiling water with some cinnamon sticks in there, oh. or something like that. Yeah. But um, there's subtle ways getting to the house early and opening all the windows and airing that home out. Um, there are a lot of different things that can be done. But you know, we, we've talked about all the things that we've seen. But let's let's talk about. Hey, I'm going to hold an open house here. Some key components of what we should be doing. I don't know where you want me to start here, but for me, that starts multiple days before that open house. Yes. So you've got it scheduled. Okay, what are we going to do? Well, I want to get out there and let people know about it. Absolutely. So I'm flyering that area. Maybe I'm doing different flyers for different people, Mm -hmm. trying to get the closest 100 homes or so, trying to give them some personal invites. Correct. Or maybe even 50 doors, just literally knock on the door Mm -hmm. as opposed to just dropping off a flyer. Right. And having that one say, hey, the open house starts at 1230, when as far as the public knows, it doesn't open till 1. Right, right. And so they can get in, get a quick look. Um, so that's where it starts. Okay. So, yeah, yeah for me, I, if that open house is on that Saturday, Sunday, the open house, well, first of all, I, I like to do open houses in two. I like to have that twilight open house for the community first. Mm-hmm. And oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a whole separate day and time correct. for that group. And what's happening now, and a lot of people don't like that because they're all, oh, well, the more the merrier at the open house, it looks busier. We don't have a problem with people getting into the open house right now as far as number of people. So I like to create separation so I can have an opportunity to have conversations with the, with the neighbors. So if we are... If that open house is twilight going to be on Friday um, and then holding it on Saturday or holding it on Sunday, door knocking from Monday through Friday with an invite. So hour a day, hour and a half a day, starting at the property and working working my way out to, hey, just wanted to invite you, letting them know about the open house, inviting them. If nobody's home, I leave an invitation for them at that particular property. And I'm trying to get to about... 250 to 500 doors during that that 
time leading up to the open house. Then obviously any other marketing that's happening on social media and things like that. But also working with the homeowner, prepping that house to present its absolute best. Which should start in the listing presentation. Exactly. And then open house, I, you know, there's always controversy for you. Um, snacks or no snacks? I prefer snacks. Okay. Some people say, no, I'm going to leave crumbs on my floor and things like that. Hey, homeowner, we want the people to stay. The longer they're in the house and the longer they're enjoying their visit here, the better that opportunity is for you. Before I even got in this business, mm -hmm. I think I was in high school. My dad gave me a cassette tape. You know, they have them in the books that you open. Right. Books. Hit my microphone there. And... He gave them to me for some reason, and I'm mm. like, okay. And I'm listening to them in my car as I'm going surfing or going to school. Yep. And I will never forget this guy. I wish I remembered his name. And uh, it was funny because my friends would laugh at me. They mm -hmm. saw him and they heard him and stuff. But I was listening to him when I was like 17. And one of the things he said is he goes, man, I get the barbecue going out back, and I make chicken wings. He goes, I make the best chicken wings. And he goes, I get those things and I just slather them up in barbecue and I just slap it in their hand. Yep. You know why? Because now they can't go anywhere yep. until they're done and they clean up. <laughs> so you're 100% right. I yep. mean, that was, I'm not even going to say how many years ago, but that was a while it, ago. <laughs> it keeps them in the property. I mean, we, we see everything now from um, champagne open houses to um, full-on taco trucks or something like that in, in the actual property where it's, where it's drawing in the, the people to stay in that property. And here's the other thing. If you're going to do something like this, don't do it alone. You have to get help. This is where you have to, you're, you're leaning on maybe your service providers or other agents in the office to help help you host that open house. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of numerous people in that house helping out because you, when you're doing things like that, you cannot do it all yeah. and keep track of everything. Yeah. So what about signs? Um, if I always had somewhere between 25 and 30 signs okay. um, in my supplies i always put up i wanted 25 okay i'm like why would you not especially exactly. if it's your geographical farm right i mean that's the value right there is people are driving around they don't even come to your open house they're like travis again exactly yeah, so again. in that's some right. communities call. right in some <laughs> communities um they don't allow they don't allow branded signs and uh -huh. you know but in most areas you're allowed to put up a branded sign why not get that free marketing mm -hmm. that's out there and do you put them up early, put them up late? Do you put them up just before the open house or you put them up? So we're going back a little bit here, but mm -hmm. my strategy and I, I, the rules have changed, obviously, with cities bit. and things. Yeah. So you got to check on those. But uh, I was in a, uh, you could use a branded sign mm -hmm. and uh, it was pretty open. Um, I don't think you were supposed to leave them overnight. Correct. But I would be up uh, first thing in the morning. I'd be getting the signs up. Yep. And then I would have a rider on my sign at the house. Correct. That would say open today from two to four. Correct. I think I even went so far as to put that on my open house signs mm -hmm. so that people didn't have to drive and then find that it's right. not open yet. Um, I think, but that was the evolution of my process. Exactly. But what I also did is if I couldn't, I was very strategic about my open houses mm -hmm. and I always wanted them in my farm and I held them open for agents here in our office if they were in my farm. But also, if I couldn't get one in my farm, 
I would see, search the immediate neighborhoods around it. Mm-hmm. And then if I got that open house, I would surround my farm with my signs and pointing into the neighboring yep. neighborhood to the, where I was at an open house. Absolutely. Hey, why not? Absolutely. Now, I, I will add the, the one thing that I do in addition to what you do. So signs, signs early, as early as the city will allow us to put those signs up with the writer at the property, what time? You're just qualifying the people that are coming by. If they get there early, they don't want it, that's fine. Um, but one of the other things that I do, I don't drive when I'm putting my signs up. I go to the property. I get, I grab all 25 to 30 signs, some cases 40 signs, and I'm lumping them all and I'm carrying them, and I will walk for the next two hours or three hours if it takes me to actually put up each one of those signs instead of the, the traditional with the agents drive to one, one area and then go to the next spot and open up the trunk. And the reason why is what I discovered, I probably end up with 15 to 20 conversations with neighbors in that walk of putting up the signs people driving by stopping me having a conversation good to see especially if it's in your geographic farm they'll know, they'll recognize you and they'll stop and have a conversation or people will just stop you and, and hey where's the open house at what time's it at and things of that nature i discovered that it's it's several opportunities that i don't get if i'm getting back in the car right away going to the next corner pulling out the sign putting it up on the on the corner and then moving forward just that walk gets me gets me that many more conversations. That's high level, my friend. Yes. So, if we're gonna do an open house. Do it right, yeah, right? That's good. So, I mean, the whole people forget why we're there, and if we're going to do this and spend our time there, how can we make it as valuable as possible for the client and for ourselves? So, all right. Um, what else? What else are you doing at that open house? So we covered signs. We covered cleaning up. How about this covered one? Covered food. Often you walk into an open house. Uh, what's the HOA or what's the tax rate or what year is it built? Uh... So this goes back to systems. You know I'm a systems guy. Right. And you should have this all laid out. Exactly. And don't say, oh, I'm going to remember. I know what to do. I'm going to mm-hmm. go do this, this. No, just have your template in front of you. Correct. Have your system. Check it off as you go along. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, you know, in days, you know, if you bring your laptop, you've got a lot of that answered. Right. But you want it prepped. Correct. Have things open and ready to go. Uh, but if you have, you're printing things out and having all that information, which a lot of times it's nice to have in that printed out format, is make sure you're checking it off so you don't get to the open house and you're like, oh, exactly. I forgot the... Right, because sometimes you're doing different houses, and one has an association, one doesn't. One has Melrose, one doesn't, and you know you're going to need something in one more importantly right. that you didn't need in the other. And if you don't have your little system there to check it off, you're going to forget. Right, I hear it all the time. What's the Melrose here? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> exactly, and that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to study everything for hours or days before and have everything memorized but you should know a lot of the basic questions and know how to get to them fairly quickly with just a glance looking over you know whether you're taking that that print out of that property and highlighting the key things in there they always ask what year it was built Mm. they always ask what the tax rate is they always ask what the hoa is they always ask what the square footage is you know and you should have the bedrooms and bathrooms memorized so but there are typical things that are always asked mm-hmm. and you can have that at your fingertips. And so often we walk in and it's like, I don't know. 
and they're often asked as a test. Right? Correct. So somebody in the neighborhood. So when was this built? They know. Right. Oh, it was built in uh, 84. Wonderful. I forget. Who was the builder again? Hope you know the builder. Exactly. Key, key, key question. Now, this leads me to the other one that they always ask. Do you look at anything else in the neighborhood that's for sale? Me as the agent you're asking? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You better know every active listing and have been in it. Correct. Uh, leases, I get in there. Mm -hmm. Sales, hopefully you were in them before they sold. Correct. And you can talk intelligently about all those. Absolutely. That is, uh, we I think we just talked about this the other mm -hmm. day, the importance of... Uh, knowing your inventory. Yeah, knowing your inventory. People, yep. it's almost like mindset. That's mm -hmm. one of those things that... People just gloss over, oh, all that psychology stuff. I don't need that. That's a bunch of book of words. Right, right. And I understand, you know, people do play it up. You mm -hmm. know, we don't need to jump and cheer and do kind of silly things, but you need to check your head sometimes. Exactly. You know? Don't gloss over it. And this is another example, you know. People are like, well, I know the inventory well enough. Look, I can print it out right here. Well, have you been to the property? <laughs> so do you know what's across the street? Can you empathize with someone who lives in that neighborhood about the hoarder who lives next door to that poor listing right. and what a challenge that must have been or maybe how that affected the sale in some way. I think that here's one of the biggest things that people don't realize now in our industry. When we say we can just print it out or I can, you know, I can pull that data, so can the consumer. Mm -hmm. So they know that. If you haven't if you haven't gone and put your eyeballs on that property or haven't gone into that home and seen it and and know the nuances of what's not on that sheet of paper, mm -hmm. they're walking in more educated than you are with with regard to that information. And you can't have a conversation with them when they ask that question. Oh, you know, so so oh, isn't that one by the freeway? Oh, it is? You know, you don't want them telling you that information. Exactly. <laughs> so too often. Um Let's see. I think I covered most of it. What What are we missing? I think that's pretty good. Okay. Talked about refresh. I'll, I'll throw this one out there. With refreshments and things of that nature nowadays, there's a lot of opportunities for agents to be able to market or brand on things now. I'm starting to see more open houses with, yes, there's water there. Yes, there's cookies there. Yes, there's, you know, whatever the case may be there. And that is also an opportunity for that client or that potential buyer or neighbor to walk away with information. And I will say this, the information can have your information on it. But that information should also, the other information that else should also be on there if you're using those things is that actual property. That should be an opportunity to highlight that So your property. water bottle becomes a property flyer? Absolutely. Your water bottle becomes a property flyer. Your, you know, how many people have pets now? A lot. Okay. Doggy treats at properties? Oh, that's a great idea. You put dog treats out there for In a water pets bowl? and you put potato chips for kids? You will run out of dog treats before you run out of potato <laughs> chips now because so many people have pets now. And there's an opportunity for there again for you to brand not just yourself but that property and market that property and have somebody walk away with that and have that neighbor walk away and say, I want this when they sell my house. Yeah, exactly. So, That's your sales pitch. Yeah, exactly. Anything else? I think that's pretty good. Okay. So I'll close with follow-up. What do you do? 
with everybody when they come in after the open house is done. What do I do with everybody? Well, if I've done my job right, I'm answering to people individually. Mm -hmm. uh, worst case scenario, you're answering to everybody in a group. Thank you so much for coming by. Here's a little bit of information. If I can be of assistance to you or if you have any questions. Uh, but I hope you know you're learning about people. Right. Probably ran to some people in the farm. Maybe got their address. Maybe able to follow up with a handwritten note. Uh, maybe there's some investors that came in that you can follow up with in that direction. First-time buyers. You know, if you can distinguish each one from one another, you're going to have better value. Absolutely. And that's where all the money is made in our business. Is No, the, that's where most of the money's lost. That is, that, that's true. Because <laughs> nobody does it. <laughs> nobody is doing it. The follow-up that I see that the agents are doing after an open house is complete is probably the biggest mistake that I and see. And even if a lot of us are doing it, and a lot of people do it well, mm -hmm. and a lot of us do it okay, and there's some... Uh, well, I hate to say it, but yeah, there's probably probably the majority don't do much at all, Correct. if at all. But it's even, you know, if you follow up once and you don't hear back, I mean, get on a plan where you're going to touch base five times exactly. before you just put them on your newsletter or something. Right. Uh, one attempt is no attempt. Exactly. That thank you note, that personal note, if it was a neighbor, that personal note that comes by, and then what else, you know, does it turn into a pop by, you know, three weeks later of, hey, was just in the neighborhood thinking about you and whatever the case may be, how you put that in play and put that system in place, mm -hmm. it makes all the difference in the world. You just made me think of something. This one, this is a, this is at the level of your walking all your signs and mm -hmm. putting them up. I used to walk my farm so much. And, you know, you get bored. You're like, oh, my God, here we go again. And so I had a, I played a game. It's called What's That Model? Because mm -hmm. the neighborhood I worked in happened to have a lot of models. Okay. It had something like 22 models or something. You could tell the floor plans from the outside. Exactly. Nice. So I'd come up and I'd be like, okay, that's a cascade. All right. That's a La Crescenta or whatever, mm -hmm. they, whatever they were. And without intention, I would be in open houses and someone would walk in and I'd get to chatting with him and, oh, you live in the neighborhood. That's fantastic. What street do you live on? Oh, you know, we're over on Argent or whatever. And I'd be, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, whereabouts are you guys on the street? You know, I used to this or that. Oh, yeah, we're the uh, second to last house, you know, on the left. Oh, that's model. Oh, you guys live in a San Jose. Yeah. And they're just like, it's, you know, you almost had to be careful with right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I literally had it so ingrained in my mm -hmm. head. I could literally picture the houses, probably... 85 to 90%. Yep. And uh, it it could leave an impression. But again, you got to be careful. You don't want to freak people out like you're stalking them or something. But people get impressed like, wow, this guy really knows his stuff. Absolutely. Now, you follow that up with more information about the values of the homes and things like that. They take you serious. Yeah. yeah. So, And I, I think that's a lot of what's missed is so often we're not paying attention and, and having enough information up front that mm -hmm. when they do ask us those valuable questions that we, we can answer – you know, what's my house worth? They, they don't take you serious because you yeah. didn't you didn't present any worth or any value. Well, that's a whole time. new level, yeah. Like when you were sitting there having a discussion, they're like, yeah, gotcha. I just saw that one over on Bigsbury Street. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. That just closed two weeks ago. I was a little shocked about that too. You know, didn't you think that should be higher or lower right, or whatever right. as opposed to, what? yeah, did, didn't one just sell in Bigsbury? Oh, just a second, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that here. Exactly. Those are two totally different, different impressions. Questions. Exactly, it's totally different of what happens on the other end of that so all right well i think that wraps it up yeah so go out there and crush those uh open houses man absolutely and if you have any questions about how to drop them in the comments always happy to help